Uh, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, as Luke said, uh, my name's Michael. I'm going to be uh, reading from uh, Genesis chapter 27 uh, today, verses 1 through to 41. That's it. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I might give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father, just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat, so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, while I have smooth skin. What if my father tries to touch me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food, just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which he had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth parts of his neck with the goatskins, Then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and he said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate, and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers 
May the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game, so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who is it then that hunted game and brought it into me? I ate just before and came, uh, just before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. When Isaac heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I've made him lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants, and I've sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, away from dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you'll throw his yoke from off your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, The days of my mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Hey, do keep the conversation going over a cup of coffee after Jimmy's making coffees today, so it should be fantastic as normal. Um, I'm going to try drawing on a whiteboard today, so we'll see how that goes. So if, um, if it doesn't make sense, then that's fine. We tried something new, tick that box. Hey, I have a friend who did his carpentry apprentice, and uh, he was once building a wall up high on a ladder with a nail gun, a second fixed nail gun, and he was putting this gyprot wall together. And he's an apprentice, so they, the boss said, build the wall, and he said, sure. And he realized as he was building the wall that it was a bit tricky, so he decided to put his hand over a cavity at the top to kind of get the, the thing going, had to put a few things in the wall, I guess. And he finished the wall, and it was perfect. It was the best wall he's ever built. And then he realized he couldn't get his arm out because the nail gun on his arm was stuck behind the cavity over the top. And he said, well, if I let go, I'm going to drop my nail gun a story high. It was very high. I don't want to do that. But I can't reach my other hand in because I'm on a ladder. So with his other hand, he punched a hole through this beautifully built wall, was able to get his nail gun out, ripped off the gyp rock and started again, but realized he shouldn't put his hand through the cavity and went up the other way and did it bottom to top, not top to bottom, whatever it is. Anyway, it's a hilarious story, um, classic apprentice. But it reminded me as I thought about this, that is exactly what's happening, happening uh, with Abraham's family in Genesis today. At times, they follow God's instructions and promises and plans so very well, and they're so faithful. Um, but then, 
they work themselves into a situation that's less than ideal. They throw tantrums, they show favoritism, they even use immoral means in the name of God to justify their behaviour. And like my friend's hand getting stuck behind the wall, God's blessing still working through his flawed people to build a nation, to bless the world. But gosh, it was a messier, longer, grubbier plan than what it should have been at times. So let's jump into one of the grubbiest, messy chapters in Genesis, Genesis 27 today, as we look at um, Isaac. Not so much Jacob, but Isaac. And I'm not a very neat writer, but you can, if, you, if you go online, you'll see my whole picture at the bottom. So if you want to cheat, then you can do that. So we're going to look at Isaac uh, and his Abraham's son. Isaac. Excellent. Um, what I want you to see today is that this chapter does not affirm the behavior you see in it. It's not uh, affirming Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Esau, and what they did and saying, this is how you should live. Remember, God has not asked for their help to pass down this blessing. No. The point of this is that God will advance his agenda, not because his people are good, but because he is kind and wise and merciful. The story of God's people and our story too is not that we have it all together all the time. God is not waiting for them to get their act together before he can do anything, else he would never have done anything. Of course, the consequences for their behavior is real and painful. The family is torn apart by hatred. The last verse, verse 41, Esau says, I will kill my brother. A bitter sibling rivalry continues on for the rest of their life. And if you read on, a mother loses one of her sons to distance to stop them from fighting and killing each other. Now, this is not a good start for Abraham's descendants, who was their, their fa um, Isaac's father. But what Isaac is going for him, beyond anything else, is God's promise to bless him. In fact, more than anyone else in Genesis, the, the, the character that has the least amount out of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob is Isaac, and he is said to be blessed the most out of all of them. And we have to understand this blessing by going all the way back to Genesis 25 to see what's happening. And in Genesis 25, God gives Isaac twins. He gives them the firstborn and the secondborn. And the oldest is called Esau. E-S-A-U. And the youngest is Jacob. Except God decides that the person who's going to get the blessing is not going to be the oldest, because that's how it usually happened in those days. Firstborn boy gets everything. God says, actually, the uh, younger, the older will serve the younger. The oldest gets the family rights, but God is God, so he gets to change it. God said, I'm going to pass the blessing I gave to Abraham, to Isaac, but then on to Jacob, the youngest. It's God's way of saying... I'll do the work to make the promise happen. It's about my choice, not your birth order. Your birth order is not important to me. Then in chapter 26, a huge famine comes into the land. And Isaac says, oh, there's a famine. 
we should go where there's food, because that makes sense, doesn't it? And that's actually good, and often God will do that, move his people to where there's food, as he does with Jacob in the later chapters. Except, not here. God shows up to Isaac and said, stay where you are, I will look after you. And in 26, uh, Isaac, Isaac gets Abraham's blessing. Abraham's blessing, there we go. And that goes all the way back to last week in chapter 12, if you want to see what that is. But in 26, it's passed on by God to Isaac. You're going to get that blessing. It's God's way of saying, I'll provide for you if you remain under my loving rule and care. No matter what's going on, God is good on his side of the promise. Now, while all this is happening with Dad Isaac, as God's working with him, and his twin sons are just plodding along in life, squabbling the whole time. Jacob, if you have two sons or two boys, Jacob makes it his life's ambitions to push his older brother's buttons all the time. He goes out of his way to annoy him. And Esau, Esau is the kid that drives his parents bonkers. In chapter 26, 35, it says, Esau constantly grieved his mum and his dad. So we have two brothers, the button pusher and the grief giver constantly. And all through this, Isaac has been a pretty faithful guy with his family, uh, listening to God, following along, except in Genesis 27, Isaac is not so faithful. Not at the moment. Forty years have passed since he's had his boys. Isaac, Rebecca, that's the mum, Esau, Jacob, they all know the blessing. They all know that Jacob will get that blessing and pass on what God has said. Now Isaac's a frail, as Amanda Lovely showed, a frail, blind old man. And at this moment, his trust in God is frail and blind as well. And it all centers on this blessing. So, what is a blessing? From the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, to Revelation, the last chapter, the last book, I should say, two books, God blesses humanity. So this blessing starts in Genesis chapter 1 and goes all the way to Revelation, oh no, 22, actually verse 3. It's a huge theme in in the Bible, and particularly in Genesis, and we have to understand what blessing is beginning with Genesis. It gives our bearings for the whole thing of what a blessing actually is. And it all goes back to chapter 1 of Genesis, when God blesses humanity to be fruitful and multiply and rule creation. So blessing at this early inception is God moving a divine plan into action. It means the blessed life is walking with God living under God's loving rule and care in his place in the world. The picture of the Garden of Eden in Genesis is a blessed life because you walk with God. But once humanity sins and rebels from God in Genesis 3, the blessing is replaced with a curse. The blessing of the Garden of God's presence is lost. And life is now a cursed, chaotic place to live in. And for the rest of the Bible, blessing and cursing are contrasted into Revelation 22.3 when it says God will do away with every curse. Yet, back in Genesis, God says he will restore the blessing to his people and he'll do that by sending a descendant of Eve to crush the evil of the serpent 
and bring the blessing of God's presence and the garden back to humanity. And then every generation in Genesis anticipates this blessing of a life under God back what it was in the garden. And they wonder, who's it going to be? Who's going to bring us back to God in the garden once again? Therefore, a blessed life is walking with God, you see. And a cursed life is to walk without God. The blessed life, B for blessed, is to walk with God. And a cursed life, let us see, is to walk without God. Aha, there you go. Blessed is being in a relationship with God. Now, in the Old Testament, those blessings included many material, physical things like children or strength or life and land. But they all come from a relationship to the one you're blessed to be with, you see? Today, you might say, I was blessed by Jack and Jill who provided a meal to me in my hour of need. But the blessing of the relationship with Jack and Jill manifested in that meal. It would be a great offense to Jack and Jill to their kindness, to value the meal more than the one who gave it to you, right? And in the same way, God is the pivotal point of blessing. God entrusts this blessing of bringing humanity back to him with one family who were to share it with the world. And through them, the blessing of this seed of the offspring of Eve will come and rescue the world so that once again we can walk with God in his goodness. Now, that is a very big blessing, and I'm sure you'd agree that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all liked the idea of being blessed. Who does not like that idea? But what we see in Genesis is that they want to use that for themselves to make their own life flourish, on their own terms, not God's. They want to keep it for themselves, and they don't want to share it with other nations. See, God's blessing is always in effect, but often it waits for human obedience to become active, which means we don't see it instantly because the promise and the blessing of God is that actually God's vision of life becomes ours. Today, you might say, I had a blessed birthday. Or you might use the word hashtag blessed to put something online. Drinking wine at the beach, watching sunset, so blessed, so wonderful. And the whole point of that is that you have happiness and favor and joy that you've experienced in that moment. But biblically, Blessing is more than a nice day. It is linked to a vision and promise of God because the blessed life is found in beholding and walking with God, entering His presence, following His footsteps, which means it's much about an orientation of life towards that God as it is an experience. Which means you can have nothing good going in your life, you can suffer terribly, watch others prosper, feel defeated in your job and your home and your family for all of life, watch those who don't know God succeed and flourish and prosper and have everything the world could ever want. But if you know God, you are blessed. You are blessed more than they are because you know and walk with this God. Your material situation has nothing to do with being blessed. Praise God if you have a good life. But if your, life, if your blessing of God is found in that, it is a frail, faulty way to build your life upon. It's not what we see in Genesis. Blessing is walking with God like it was in the garden and that future hope of being restored back to Him. And that is a blessed life, walking with God. Imperfectly now, of course, yes. 
but one day in the fullness of whatever the garden promised. Now, jump back to Isaac for a moment. This blessing from the garden to Abraham is what he's about to bless his son with. Isaac says, I'll bless you, my son. But right now, Isaac does not have the vision of God in focus. Somehow he thinks, I can control the blessing. Did you pick up what is the most shocking thing about this whole chapter? More than deceptive, deceptiveness and the trickery, the most deceptive thing is, uh, not deceptive, the most shocking thing is that Isaac wants to bless Esau. Isaac wants to bless Esau with his blessing, my blessing, it says, meaning the one from Abraham. But before they were born, God says, Jacob's going to get it. And, and Rebecca knew it, and, and, Jake, and Isaac knew it, and Jacob knew it. And so now, from verse 4, the narrative slows down, and you're left asking the question, how will God ensure Jacob, the younger, gets the blessing? And it all happens through a deceptiveness of Isaac's wife, a delicious meal, or a tasty meal, some stinky, hairy animal skins. We shouldn't forget, again, Rebecca knew her youngest would get the blessing, and she eavesdrops into this conversation. Jacob's, uh, Isaac's old, she goes, ooh, he's calling Esau, what's happening? And she eavesdrops, and here's what's about to happen, that Isaac wants to give Esau the blessing. And she thinks God needs a little help at this point to help it along the way. And again, what motivation for a mum, what more powerful motivation for a mum could there be for their child's best interest than a specific command from God and the means in her power to make it happen? It's incredible. I, I, as a mum, you want the best for your kids, and this is Rebecca going, I know how to fix this, so that they get what God's promised. So she devises an elaborate ruse, pitting brother against brother, cheating her oldest out the blessing not a good example of parenting. This is not a parenting manual. Isaac favors Esau. Rebecca favors Jacob. And she even says in verse 13, don't worry about the curse. I'll figure it out later. You'll be fine. And then poor Isaac, he's totally confused, if you read, as you heard it read, from verse 18 to 26. He's got bad eyes. He can't tell it's not Esau. And he's, on the, he's, he's a bit anxious. Are you really the person I think it is? You know, prove it over and over again. And then Jacob, well, he's just as nervous because he doesn't want to do this wrong and get caught out. So he even in verse 20 blasphemes and says, God gave me success hunting. That's a total lie. He didn't hunt a thing. Rebecca said, I'll do it for you. And also, Jacob's never hunted a thing in his life. And in the end, Isaac's convinced and then the blessing lands upon Jacob crazy. But maybe you're wondering, and you think, well, hold on a minute. Just bless them both. Seriously, just what does it matter that they both can't be blessed or could be blessed? Well, if the promise to Abraham is about being a great nation, again, it doesn't make sense that only one's blessed. Bless two, bless ten. Bless them all to become a big nation, right? And Esau hopes that would happen. Because once he comes out and figures out what's happened, he says, have you got a back pocket blessing left for me? Three times. Anything for me, Dad? Anything for me? Please bless me, Father. Have you got anything? Except the blessing of Abraham comes through one line, not two. The focus in Genesis is the lineage that brings us to Jesus. 
And that's what the biblical story keeps explaining. It's one person to one person. It's not power to one family over another. It's that God's working to bring a humble saviour to a people that don't deserve it. And sure, God could have arranged Jacob to be born first, not Esau. But the point is that while Esau was born first, Jacob is chosen. The line matters, yes. But God's sovereign choosing is more important than who's first. Over in Romans 9, we have one of the few references to Isaac in the New Testament. makes the same point I just did as well. God's about including all people into his family through mercy, not through physical birth. At some point in your life, I would bet that you have said to yourself, I wonder if I'm from a long line of royalty that's been lost to history and I'm waiting for the phone call or the email. Maybe you've got the email, have you? Oh. If you transfer all your money to the king of this country, you'll get lots of... No, anyway. Um, maybe you've wondered that. Secretly hoping for the phone call one day that says you're being called to the royal family of some country and your life will change. Blessed with land, a title, resources, power, money, status, all you can... You know, I'm sure you've thought that. But the only way to get that royal blessing was through birth. They don't just call anyone randomly. But the way you get the blessing of God is by the mercy of God, not by birth. It's on offer to everyone here who comes to Jesus by faith. And this is a reminder that it all happens by grace. They keep thinking they can trade the blessing like a commodity, like food. And in the process, they're just like Adam and Eve in the garden, people taking what they think is good in their own eyes. And the secret is God's family is not any better. So the blessing that Isaac actually gives to Esau, which he thinks is Jacob, it has three parts to it. There's, the first part is he describes his son and he says, you smell like a field, which is a really interesting thing. Um, then he says, you'll be, you'll be prosperous and you'll have relationships where people serve you. And all of this time, Isaac's thinking it's going to Esau. So he thinks he's saying that to his oldest. But God is at work, and the right thing happens, even though everyone has the wrong reasons for doing what they're doing. And then no soon after this, that he blesses, actually, Jacob, we should write, that um, tick, tick, because it's God's, it's happened. Uh, Esau comes back with all the stuff ready, almost as the door shuts, it reads, like then Esau comes in. And um, Isaac trembles violently in verse 33 because he realizes that this is not, he realizes what's happened. And then as soon as Esau talks, the penny drops, and he goes, oh, I know what happened. Jacob. And Esau slanders his brother, calls him a trickster. We'll look at Jacob next week. And all Isaac can do at that point is explain what will happen to Esau. In Hebrews 11, verse 20, it talks about uh, Esau and Jacob and Isaac in this moment. And it says, uh, Isaac blessed them both in regards to their future. But isn't this, isn't not the same blessing that, that, that Jacob got. It feels a bit like a curse, because it's the opposite. You'll be taken away from the riches of the earth. You'll fight to survive. You'll serve your brother. And then, this sad, sorry event of a story ends with Esau wanting to kill his brother. 
Isaac tries to give the blessing to Esau when God said Jacob will get it. Rebecca lies and deceives, using her position to her own advantage, but actually just makes her siblings hate each other even more, or her sons. Jacob willingly goes along with this deception. He lies, he blasphemes to keep up the act. Esau is spouting hatred and wants to kill his brother at the end. What a family. What a family. But you know, Isaac only blesses you pick, he only blessed by what he feels and smells and receives. He blesses because he favors one son over the other. He doesn't follow God's agenda as the father. But the good news is that God is not like Isaac. We have a father who doesn't say to us what Isaac said to Esau and Jacob. Who are you? Did you pick that up and through the reading? Who are you? We have a God who knows us completely, who looks at us with deep, piercing eyes that go into our hearts and sees our motives and our disguises, our deception, our anger. God already knows your tricky family dynamics. God knows all your trickery throughout your life that you have lived. And yet God still gives us His best to keep that blessing coming down through the generations, landing on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And because Jesus walked perfectly with God, not deceiving, not full of anger, He can finally bring about the fullness of the blessing of walking with God once again. Jesus guarantees the promise of a restored life and creation. Because if you look ahead in the Bible... To Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 6, you see where this blessing goes to and where it lands. Just listen to this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us before him, before the, sorry, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely has given us in the one he loves. When it says, all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, it's the completeness and the guarantee that we'll be back with God in a renewed creation. Heaven and earth reunited in Jesus. And that future bursts forth into our here and now with praise to God and an orientation of life towards that hope. When it says adoption as sons, Paul, who wrote this, has in mind the blessing of a son, not the gender of a son. That is, he's thinking about the status of what it means to be like Jacob and getting the blessing. But it's not restricted to one person, like Esau found. Jesus extends that to the nations to each of you in this room today. And unlike the mixed, selfish agendas of the people in the story, did you see it's God's will is pleasurable according to the pleasure of His will? It gives Him pleasure to adopt us into His family. And because God has done it and sees it through and keeps it in heaven ready for you, there is no need to fear your worst day that you might miss out like Esau. If you have been unfaithful this week you don't have to feel like Esau if you have an overinflated ego 
on your best days, imagining that finally I now have I've done something good for God that thinks you're extra blessed. No, it's God's pleasure to bless you with forgiveness and reveal His Son to you, not what you do. By grace through faith, regardless of how things turn out here, you may have been unfaithful like Isaac. Jesus welcomes you. You may have actively used God as a means to selfish gain, to justify behavior with God's promises, like Rebecca. Jesus says, I love you, you don't have to do that. Just, It's okay. You may have been tricked, and you feel the pain living a life and the consequences of other people's actions against you, like Esau felt. Well, Jesus welcomes you. And you may be the trickster, deceiver, fearful of your identity and place in the world, so you live hiding behind a mask, pretending who you are, imagining that you're someone who you're not, but inside you're so weak and afraid. And that's Jacob. Jesus welcomes you. We are blessed because God the Father, the greater Father, blesses Jesus, the greater Son. And by faith and repentance, renouncing all the ways we see in Genesis 27 to not live, you can actually be blessed by God to finally walk with Him again. So why not try to stop forcing life on your own and come to the God and the revelation of Jesus Christ, that you can know the God you're so searching for and live a blessed life by knowing Him. I pray that we will be a church that encourages and points each other to that. May you leave here today knowing that in Jesus you are blessed and that if life is chaotic and crazy, we want to pray for you and care for you along the way. That's why we have all the people here. Let me pray, and then it will be my joy to hand to Steve, who will lead us in prayer before we sing uh, to close. Father God, you are the good Father. Your Son, Jesus, is the greater Son, and you blessed him in this line that we saw today of people who are faulty and frail like us, so that we can be back with you and walk with you. May you fix, our, you fix in us and our eyes upon you and the future we have, May we feel and know your presence deeply that we don't have to live like the characters in Genesis. We do, but we don't have to because in your kindness, Jesus has done everything we need to live a blessed life and walk with you. Help us, Lord, to follow your ways. In your name, amen.